to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. Thank you for joining us today. It is a beautiful Wednesday near the end of June. I say beautiful, not because it's gorgeous outside because it's actually rainy and cloudy. It's beautiful because as a father of two children who are about to wrap up school, I'm very, very happy that school is ending. Please pay pay these teachers whatever they're asking for. Uh, Yes. But yeah, on that note, let's talk about some basketball. Who's joining me today? Dre, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. And before I continue, I just want to echo that sentiment. My sister, who has been in education for a number of years and a lot of friends of mine, I myself would like to maybe do a PhD and teach one day. Teachers are valuable. Please show them the respect and the care that they deserve. But otherwise, yes, um, we're entering phase two as an entire province outside of Windsor, I believe. So there's some progress mm-hmm. being made. Hopefully all is going to be good. And of course, with things opening up, there's a lot of shifting, especially in the NBA. So uh, we've already got a lot of news. So Jason, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, my friend. Yes, I want to echo your statement because uh, my, my wife, uh, who uh, works in retail, she is going back to work today because the malls are, are open. And I just want everyone to know that please stay safe, not only for yourself and your family, but for everybody else as well. So, yeah, before we talk to basketball, just please stay safe. Jay, there's so much stuff going on. Um, obviously, if you guys haven't really... Uh, uh, seen the news i think uh, both jay dre and and i were all very concerned i think that's what the consensus is here we're all kind of concerned when it comes to like the continuation of the nba uh in florida but like the numbers are rising guys the numbers are still rising uh a considerable amount when it comes to the covid cases and i don't i don't know i i know we're we're going to talk about like you know players uh, opting out and i think we're going to talk about a lot of uh some COVID cases with NBA players too, but like, have you guys seen what's going on? I mean, are, are you guys in the same boat as I am? Are you guys a little concerned of the numbers that are skyrocketing in Florida? Uh, it's something that I have to be honest. I don't know the full picture. I know the numbers. I know the basketball situation, which we will get into, but it's like, what risk is there if they are far away from other people who might be going to Disney World or like airport uh, airport wise what airports are they going to what planes so all of that I still don't fully know so I can't safely say but of course with rising numbers it is a concern let's be honest yeah I think my, my concern centers around like I get it the second any like I don't think that it's it's uh, right that any of these players like who who test positive are are in this unenviable position of having to choose, you know, their whether it's staying home with their families, not playing basketball, or even just what's going on in the world in terms of social justice. But I will say this, that any of the positive cases that you're hearing right now, whether it's Nikola Jokic, or I think there's a pair of Phoenix Suns players, there is one team in the West who has already stated there's four different players have recently contracted it the flip side of it is and i I, I totally get the concern but my thinking is that these cases are going to continue filtering through and we're going to hear more about this over the next week two weeks three weeks as players start to file into disney however they're all getting it outside of the bubble 
And to Dre's point, once they're in, I mean, the the feeling, at least from a lot of GMs, and, and I'm referencing uh, a recent article from Sham Sharania and Sam Amick from The Athletic, who were stating that they've interviewed a few GMs, and yes, the concern is the rising numbers in Florida. However, these health and safety protocols that are being used by the NBA offer a, a, a ray of light here, and that once the, the right. players you know, enter the bubble, things could actually be quite well, go, go quite well inside that bubble. So I guess that's where my, my thinking is that, yes, I, I'm absolutely, you know, and I said this last week too, I am of the mind that the season is better off not starting at all until there's a vaccine or until there's, you know, the numbers have flattened throughout the U.S., not just in Florida, which is where they're playing. But, you know, if it's going to continue, I think that by the time training camp opens and and preseason games start being played, that we'll be in a better spot. We'll hear of less cases, but that's, you know, I'm not a health expert, so that's my two cents. Yeah. I, I so I think we're all kind of in the in an agreement where we're all uh, pretty concerned, and I also have gone on the record saying that like I don't think the the, the risk is a little bit too high, or actually is really high when it comes to restarting the season. And I understand when it comes to whole all all the money issues and and the money that would be lost, but I'm but I mean there there there's a point where you have to realize that how much of the risk of like not only the immediate risk but also the the future risk right like the this this case this uh i guess this covid is is so new to all of us that like we we still don't really know what the long-term uh, effects is for for people let alone the the immediate effects as well and just to think about it it's kind of crazy where three months ago we had one player get uh, tested positive for COVID and the league entirely shut down. That was just three months ago. Now we have players. We had last week, this past week, two Phoenix Suns players unnamed Nikola Jocic and as well as Malcolm Brogdon and a couple of other Denver Nuggets players. Like the, these these players are being tested. They're tested positive, and we don't know how many more players, and let alone like personnel and people who are working at these Disney facilities. They're going to have, these numbers are going to rise. So the fact that uh, I'm not I'm not trying to point any fingers, but the fact that the NBA is still okay to have their players be tested positive and possibly come back after they after the time of quarantine in order to join uh, them during the season that's what's it's it's frightening that just three months ago we had to shut the whole thing down and i know that it was extremely new no one really knew what to what to do and it's been a couple of months but that's all it is it's just been a couple of months and it's still relatively new to us to to uh you know medical um expertise and it and we we also forget that not only the NBA is starting in the same facility, but the MLS is also starting in the same facility as well. So you're adding more people uh, in the same bubble. So I I don't know. It's 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 risky, and I there's a lot a lot of implications that um, this isn't gonna go well. I I I hope it does. My God, I, I knock on wood. I hope it 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 goes well. And all uh, indication says that the NBA is gonna continue on with the plans. I'm just, I'm just scared, guys. I'm just scared for these players. I mean, it's obviously concerning, and I think it was going to be concerning no matter what because um, as soon as concerts, which are the most public you can get, like festivals, concerts, as soon as that was given 
a general estimate of starting late in 2021, that's usually not a good sign for like everything else. However, you're still seeing now with phase two, restaurants are trying to open patios. Uh, AMC in the States are trying to open up cinemas and figure out seating restraints. Like I work at TIFF part-time as a cinema staff and I don't, I haven't heard anything yet on my end, so we might be waiting until phase three. But either way, like, the idea is, unfortunately, this was never a good time for this to happen. But the world was going through economic struggles already. So Mm -hmm. the fact that this happened, unfortunately, the economy is something that's created by humanity. You know, we create time, you know, technically the world spins and the sun rises and it falls, but time is, is human created the the function of seconds, hours. I know in the grand scheme of things, that's not necessarily true, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that are human created. Time is man-made time is man-made for sure. Well, outside of like, you know, there are some physical properties, which aren't, but you know, the, the concept of, of checking your, your watch and saying, Oh my God, it's nine Oh three. So, so is the economy, but I think I've brought this up on the pod before. Health isn't. So when you have something like this that you just can't prevent because it's your health, and that's something that, you know, as smart as humans can be, we're always still learning. We're always still practicing better protocols for helping mental health. We're still figuring out ways to defeat various diseases. Like back in the 80s, HIV and AIDS was was this new thing. And now it's gotten to a point where I think they borderline almost figured out a way to like, I think even get rid of it. If not, there are certainly ways that you can, you could live with it with a certain medications. We're always learning. We're always adapting. But when it comes to stuff that we've also created, it's, it's the same thing, but it's a little bit more detrimental because it's the idea that we didn't build it properly in the first place or it was abused which i think it points more to the latter the economy was abused we still have to rectify it so what do we do we have to rectify both things we need to help save people but at the same time people are going to be in a much worse spot if the economy is not saved homelessness is going to rise people are going to lose all of their jobs lose their housing um lose their privileges to health especially in the states where it's not free health care all of this stuff so at the same time it's like what do you do so I guess we're at a point where it's like that scene in the movie where you, the, it's the climax and everything's all figured out and the, the supporting character is like to the hero, it could be Indiana Jones, who knows. All right, is this going to work? And the guy just says, I don't know. We'll find out. It has to. <laughs> we have to make it work. Yeah. That's basically where we are because if we're not fixing the economy, we've already had a recession. For sure here, for sure in the States, I don't know where else, but many places. We want to avoid that depression, which is the dip after the third quarter, I believe, in in the year. So obviously we're trying to avoid that because the depression, need I say more? So we have to go into this partially blindly, but I think after so many months of trying to figure this out, I'd like to believe they have this all figured out at least reasonably well. So when somebody like Nikola Jokic has coronavirus and has already been self-quarantining for a week and has one more week to go. I'd like to think that because they still feel comfortable with him coming to Orlando, if he so chooses, 
once he's available to, that they have to figure it out to a reasonable degree. Because at the same time, as important as the economy is, you don't want to treat people like commodities just to fix something that humans created and didn't perfect and or abused over time. You know, at the end of the day, we're still yeah. living beings. The economy is something we invented. I don't know. It's it's a really weird position. And the, the problem is, is that we have players and I guess the NBA has already told their players that, you know what, if you don't, if you decide not to come, that's OK. And I believe I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, somewhere around this week that if players don't want to come, then they will still be paid their their uh i guess with what their contract is um but i know that there's probably like a, a soft deadline come july 1st is i don't know if that's right jay right 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 and and we are recording this on wednesday june the 24th which is actually the the first deadline that was outlined by the nba this is the deadline where players can opt out of playing in the bubble and still receive full salary but according to Woj, the, the the teams are treating this as more of a soft deadline and treating July 1st as more of the, the deadline when they'll decide who's coming and who's who's not coming. Um, and that's also the date when teams can finalize who's coming to the bubble, right? And that includes the additional two players that you can you can bring. Uh, Regularly, the the rosters are 15 players, but that's been expanded to 17 to allow for any substitutions for those that are opting out. I I mostly want to also look at to look into uh, players who've all opted out of going into the season first, such as Davis Bertans, uh, who said that who, who said he doesn't want to risk the injury. He's going to be a free agent next year. Avery Bradley, he's commit. He commented on Twitter saying as committed to my Lakers teammates and organization as I am, I ultimately play basketball for my family. And also uh, Trevor Ariza, who, rather spend i know that there's a whole custody case where he rather spends time with his son i just want to say that i i because this is you know i I don't really know why that that uh news broke i mean if ariza opted to you know sit out because of family reasons just leave it at that why does it have to be a whole custody thing anyway that's that's a whole other story but You've already seen these players uh, come out say that we're not we're not going to do it um, be- because of either family reasons or injury reasons or free agency reasons. So it's happening. You like more and more cases are happening, and less and less players are are going. And I honestly do foresee more players who are going to opt out uh, instead. And I think uh, on your, to your point, Dre, I think it all depends on you know. Let's see what happens. Let's see when play uh teams and team personnel they all go to florida to this hub city and and knock on wood hopefully uh no one else gets uh tested positive um or else like you know i feel like more and more people are going to opt out to to you know go back home and and be safe so it's funny that you bring up um, those three players that have already opted out and their reasoning only one of them didn't actually have a reason and that was uh, Davis Bertans. Well, yes, the reason is okay. He's a free agent next year, and he kind of wants to. He doesn't want to risk injury, but he's the one who's actually received the most flack for it. He was the first one to come out to say right. he's not going to to play. And uh, of all people, Evan Fournier came out with uh, a couple of really nasty tweets. Uh, the first tweet saying, "This is what's wrong with the NBA nowadays." The second tweet says, "Seriously, though." If you think it's okay to sit and watch your teammates play while you are perfectly healthy, it says a lot about you. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. Yeesh. Uh, and I, I'll I'll be the first to admit that um, before these tweets came out, I was actually convincing myself that you know if the the Raptors were to strike out on on Giannis and Tetacumpo, Evan Fournier is not a bad guy to to bring onto the team. Now I no longer think that he can go screw himself. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's so crazy to think like that because you know this whole thing started this idea with Kyrie Irving who brought up for health and justice related uh, concerns the idea of sitting out the rest of the season. And Adam Silver, who, as we've all agreed before, and I guess still agree with the idea that Adam Silver is obviously a really good commissioner and is doing all of the right things as much as possible, basically gave the offer that you could do that. You could sit at the season. At the end of the day, it could be, health related it could be because he wants to make a statement uh in relation to the black lives matter movement it could be anything it could really be anything but at the end of the day it doesn't actually matter if this option is there he can absolutely take it why do we need to know and you know if i was a wizards fan maybe i'd be a little bit upset because they're trying to get into the playoffs they haven't had this this luck in, in a little bit. Bradley Beal's been busting his, his behind to get here. John Wall might be coming back. Um, so Washington fans are probably like, we need this. But at the same time, it's like... No one's going to fault him. Well, Nobody's going to fault him for one to not... not well, except for, Evan Fournier. except for Evan Fournier. That's the thing. They shouldn't. And you can have your opinion, Evan Fournier, about uh, what this means to, to play the rest of the season and everything. But that's you. If this this we already know this season is is a crapshoot. We know that. I don't know if you want to put an asterisk. I don't know. But the season is already not like any other season, and it's not on purpose. It just happens to be this way. So, for everyone's sake, it should not be treated literally as such. So, if you want to play and you feel good to go and you want to do this, go ahead. But if you don't. I don't see why you should be judged. It sucks for a lot of fans. It does. But at the end of the day, this isn't an entire season. This is the tail end and the playoffs. And we start again anew next time. So, you know, with if he's getting backlash or whatever, and he's a free agent, do you think he's going to want to come back to a team like this? Do you think he's going to want to team up with anybody that gives that's like a naysayer if more of the stuff comes out? No. Like, you're... And let's be honest, the guy was this guy is one of the guys who has every reason to return. This guy could have been an MIP candidate, this guy. Like Bertans yeah. was a fantastic season. You don't think he wants to continue? He obviously has a has a legitimate reason in his mind that he shouldn't, and he has every right to take it. I'm wondering if okay, this could be a stretch, but Maybe it's like there. I feel like there has to be a little bit more of a backstory when it comes to him, like calling out Bertans. Because, I mean, I'm looking also just looking at the stand-ins per se. I I don't think that the Wizards had that much of a chance to go in. I think they're like three games behind Orlando. But then again, Evan Fournier, he's on Orlando, so it's it's like, did was he looking for a challenge or something? Did they did they have some beef in the prior seasons? Because like, does he want you know Bert? Yeah, they could have. They, does he want like Bertans to, or 
the Wizards to like have that uh, two for one game or something like that. Like, it, I feel like there's a little bit of a backstory there, but I mean, whatever Evan Fournier is saying to to Berton saying like, "Hey, man, like if if you're healthy, you should go play." I mean, like at this moment, nobody should play, man. <laughs> nobody should play right now. So that I don't know. That's my just that's, that's my example. They can play, but in reality, you're right. Nobody literally should be, but because of the of what we've discussed before. They kind of have to, but really, nobody should be playing. So, yeah, that's the way we that's should look exactly. at it. I think on the on the low podcast, they talked about this, and um, sorry, the low post. They they talked about specifically. They brought up the Wizards and specifically Davis Bertans of all people, um, <laughs> talking about if you know if he were to drop out. And this is like I think two weeks ago. This pod, but they made a very good hypothetical, which is imagine the Wizards. Let's say lose the first two games of their eight. How motivated are they to continue playing the other six, right? right. Like, if they right. are Very so far point. out, they're already mathematically out. Let's say of a playing game, are you really motivated to play? Or, or the other scenario they threw out there was, let's let's imagine a playoff series where uh, a player tests positive. Okay, so this player sits out. The rest of the players can still play. But what if you're a teammate? And you're like, I don't feel comfortable playing. Or what if you're an opponent saying, I don't feel like playing? What happens to that series and and those players in that series? So. There are a whole lot of hypotheticals here that could really mess up how the series season plays out. Uh, yep. Berton's opting out is just the safest move you can probably make as a player, right? So, right, um, yeah. And and this 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 is a time where like if you opt out of not playing, it's not like it's going to affect your free agency, right? The only uh, how much of an effect if you're going to play eight games in the season, how much really is that going to affect your free agency if it's going to increase or decrease? The only decrease is if, you know, if you get injured, really. And he's looking out for himself. So how how much of a fault can you can you you know put on him when one uh you really shouldn't be going to this bubble. Two, you're a free agent, and 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 three, I'm pretty sure he had a couple of like um, ACL surgeries before. Like I don't, I don't really see the point of what Evan Foy is trying to stir up some tea there with his ponytail. <laughs> I, I think I get okay. it. I get it. I think yeah. The, and on that note, we should probably move forward on this. I actually, one actually yeah. one really quick quick note that you made earlier about uh, Trevor Ariza. I fully agree with you. I don't know why Woj is throwing out that he's in the middle of this custody case. Who the hell cares? If they're going to sit right. out, exactly. it. just note that and move on because I don't care that Ariza is fighting to see his child. It's fine. He can leave for whatever reasons he wants. Again, um, like you don't have to share with the world what your reasons are. Exactly. Like, you're put on blast because, oh, you're sitting out. Why are you sitting out? You're you're doing this and this. And it's like, I could be sitting out because I'm not allowed to bring my favorite types of tacos to Orlando. It doesn't matter at this <laughs> point. At this point, it simply does not matter. Of course, there should be more legitimate reasons than that. But we know that I, they are. And I would argue the custody of a kid when you're trying to fight for your family. Family comes before work. Work provides for family. Let's be honest. Our entertainment absolutely. does not matter. Once I saw that from Woj, and Woj is obviously like Woj is Woj. He, he throws out Woj bomb, but that was just a silly, like, no one really needs to know. And like, there was a whole article coming out with him, like, with the whole custody. And he, it, it, he, he rather like spend the three months left that he has instead of go play basketball. Who cares? I don't need to know that. Nobody needs to know that. Like, you no. know what I mean? Like, it, it's just one of those family issues that should stay as a family issue. And you know what, what I would like to know? 
I'd like to know who is replacing him. And you mentioned Avery Bradley and the possibility of J.R. Smith replacing Avery Bradley. Now, that's the kind of news I'd like to know. And the reason why J.R. Smith specifically is the name I keep mentioning is because if he does join the Lakers, which has been rumored even before the pandemic, uh, let me just read off a couple of names to you. Dwight Howard, <laughs> JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo. And yes, five days before the pandemic hit, the Lakers also signed Dion Waiters, all five of those guys playing alongside LeBron James in this bubble. Have fun with that. Uh, was that should Deion be an entertaining Wa- show. Was Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith fighting for that position in the first place? <laughs> I think it was like J.R. Smith was the first one they, that was rumored to be joining. And I don't right. know why it didn't happen, but they decided to go Deion Waiters instead. And I'm just like, don't you have enough head cases on this team? Like, I get it. Like, Dwight Howard, if anything, of the five names I've listed, Dwight Howard's probably got the you know has probably grown up the most of of the group there Um, which is crazy to think which is crazy to think right and also i wouldn't be surprised if by the time this podcast is released dwight howard also joins his his teammate and says you know what i'm with avery on this like there are more pressing issues which he's been very vocal about Um, absolutely and he also opts to sit up but i'm just saying like the the lakers roster right now is youch Cue that uh, LeBron meme looking at J.R. Smith with his <laughs> hand out. <laughs> and uh, you just got to swipe people. You got to swipe with Dion. You can swipe it with JaVale. You can swipe it with Dwight. Oh, that's good. That, what a team, man. But, like, this is rough because one of the most vocal people for going back and who everybody, every analyst has said, this is the guy who you've got to follow in his footsteps. If he says you're playing, you're playing, it's LeBron James. And let's be honest. He's still one of the greatest players in the league. He's arguably one of the greatest players of all time, if, if not the greatest player of all time. His time is running out. He's still playing in a miraculous athletic fashion. We know that's not going to last too much longer. This could be one of his last opportunities to grab a title. So hmm. this probably sucks monumentally for him. So I'm sure he's going to try and convince especially people like Dwight Howard, who's also a, like an acclaimed player who's never won a ring, um, you know, to try and, and like Rajon Rondo, who won the, the one ring, but is like a monumental um, point guard who deserves another one. I'm sure he's going to try and make his case. But at the same time, we all know, especially yeah. with his, his children, who he's always been supportive of. He's also a family man, so he's not completely stupid either. And, you know, as much crap as I've given LeBron and everybody's given LeBron over the years, as a human being, as a moral human being, he's outstanding. So I don't think he's going to be terrible about this, but he's obviously going to make his case. Hey, guys, we can get through this. We've got this team. We don't know where we're going to be like next year. we got to figure this out. But the more of them that drop yeah. and the more that they pick up, no disrespect, people like JR, it's not looking good for the Lakers, who were basically <laughs> um, touted to be the champions this year by most analysts. So who knows? I, I just don't see. Well, so preface to say that the Raptors are already in Florida right now. Um, I haven't seen much when it comes to uh, LeBron uh, especially his voice. I've only seen a lot of, especially with Avery Bradley, like, you know, if LeBron plays and we're all going to play, but I, I agree. I think once we hear and once we see 
um, players such as LeBron, players such as Kawhi, and uh, players such as Kyle. Once we see them in the in Florida, um, in the bubble, and and in the practice facilities, and everyone's okay, knock on wood. I think that's what's going to continue on with this process. Right now, I feel like it's still really up in the air. Um, so once you see someone like LeBron on his social media, and he's like, you know, everything is fine. I think that's when it's going to start ease up a little bit but let's just hope you know what like right now uh we're all we're all uh, on thin ice you know we're just waiting for something bad to happen because uh all we see are just uh statistics and numbers going up and uh you know I, i'm just waiting i'm just waiting hopefully for for like a a meme or a a gif from or like a instagram story from kyle Lowry saying you know i'm with debo so everything's okay <laughs> but uh let's let's try to let's let's take a break i want to do a little uh lighten the mood a little bit uh, i want to talk to you guys a little bit about some memorabilia but let's do that after the break we'll talk to you guys soon segment about memorabilia and you should definitely cop that memorabilia i mean that's gonna be worth something in like in like a minute what if it's on ebay yeah well it probably isn't now it's probably taken off it's probably sold so too late you know what you can't buy anywhere anywhere you can't buy dumbbells you can't buy any weights it's no every, you like can't any anywhere canadian tire sports you can't buy anything man. I, have a, I have a friend who who bought he just needed a pair of dumbbells he had to buy them in separate locations so he went to one location picked oh up God. just one dumbbell and bought the matching <laughs> one at another location pretty crazy that's because of that's COVID and home workouts, right yeah no workouts so everyone's working out at home i have i only have a set of 25s to be honest i'm a weakling so 25 is a little bit too heavy for like a like an hour <laughs> workout so i need to find them 15s or something but all right any, anyways um i wanted to do this little fun segment with you guys a little memorabilia. I want to give you a little bit of backstory, and I, it's you know, there's a point to it. I swear to God, there's a point to it. So, right. have you ever, have you guys ever watched um, Comic Book Men? No, no, nope. Jay, nope. you haven't nope. watched Comic. Oh God. Okay, so Comic Book Men is basically the nerd version of Pawn Stars. Have you ever watched that before? Uh, it's just like these these dudes who run a comic book store, and they they obviously sell comics and, and memorabilia and, and toys and stuff. But sometimes they'll have like people come in and, sh- and have, and try to sell their own items, their rare items or their rare comic books and such. So the, you know, all the, I'm picturing me- right now is just a real life version of comic book guy. That's all I'm picturing. Where's yeah, <laughs> it's pretty, it's basically that you just have to, re- it's basically that it's, it's phenomenal. Just that. And like four other guys there. So, <laughs> Uh, the the main clerk there, his the most favorite comic book ever is a Silver Surfer, um, and this one dude came in with original artwork and had like three giant posters of the Silver Surfer before it was actually a comic book. Uh, 
And then basically the Kirk was like, I don't care. Money is not an issue. How much do you want for it? Guess how much he bought three posters of original artwork Silver Surfer? Oh, God. I, I, I can't imagine. Oh, that's got to be like thousands of dollars. I don't, More than it's, I don't know how much this stuff is worth, but yeah, you're, you're spending thousands of dollars for sure. Like tens He's, of thousands. For hit for three, I'm gonna talk I'm posters. I'm talking about like just just artwork, which is are they beautiful signed? I don't know actually. I don't remember if it was signed, but he paid ninety five hundred dollars oh, wow. for wow. original artwork of the silver ninety five hundred. Okay, so, so 10, my point is, close. yeah, you were yeah, close. ten thousand exactly. You're very close. Ten thousand dollars for artwork. And I, I know that there's plenty of people who would be like, yeah, sold, of course, 100%. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, what the hell? What? Okay, so now it got me thinking, what holy grail would be for me to go like money is not an issue? I want to ask you guys the same thing. Is there anything memorabilia-wise, sports figure-wise, uh, comic book-wise, art-wise, memorabilia-wise, is your holy grail that you wouldn't care how much it is? It could be either be for yourself or your significant other. What would it be? What would be something that you could you just had to give whatever money uh, you had just to have it? What would it be? I want I want one sports and one non sports. Well, I've already kind of started my quest of this type of nature. Um, it's difficult especially with everything shutting down and everything plus i'm trying to be a bit wiser with my finances um you know try to try to adult properly um i i know i know dre but take that out of the picture i, I don't know. know how much doesn't matter how much it is you're gonna buy what would I know, it be but like uh, i'm prefacing this because i'm basically stating that i've already begun this type of thing if you guys don't know or even listeners obviously i'm obsessed with movies but i'm also obsessed with movie paraphernalia so specific things like i collect movie posters um so like when i was doing my archival work at tiff and i had to like organize some of the retro posters i basically had a heart attack i was like oh my god oh yeah i can imagine <laughs> i'm losing my mind i was like oh my god can i keep any of these obviously no i didn't but um you should have. <laughs> like so part of that is um you know, when I when I attend TIFF, I try to get stuff signed and I try to do Q&As and stuff. So, um, you know, I have some signatures and things, but online, I nice. like a couple of years ago, I began actually purchasing signatures of specific performers that I like. Um, so a couple I got was uh, the first one I got was Natalie Portman. Uh, so that was expensive. Uh, <laughs> the second one I got was... Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm obsessed with Ingmar Bergman, who is my all-time favorite director. And um, I, my, my quest originally was to try and like get stuff of his uh, usual actors and actresses that he works with or meet some of them. So one of those was met when I met uh, Liv Ullman, who's one of my favorite actresses of all time. I met her at a... She was doing a, an in-conversation in Toronto, and I got a signature by Harriet Anderson, who's another actress that worked with him a lot. Unfortunately, one of the things I wanted was a signature or something by Max von Sydow, who unfortunately passed away earlier this year, because they're all like in their 70s, 80s, 90s now, because this was like many years ago. So movie-wise, I have a couple of holy grails on this nature. So signatures by and if i could ever afford them or anything it doesn't matter 
Daniel Day Lewis is one of them. Peter Ooh. O'Toole is another one of them. He was one of my favorite actors, and when he died, I was devastated. Um, the biggest one, though, if I could get a signature, a real signature, would be Audrey Hepburn, who uh, it, it might come oh, as a wow. surprise, but if you know me, I'm obsessed. I own all of her her classic lineup of films. Um, I wouldn't say she's like the most talented actress on earth, but I would say she like brings me like the most joy. Like I just always find her charming. Um, her yeah. films have gotten me through a lot. Um, it's one of those people where it's like even if I was like an infant when she passed away, it's like I shared the world with this person, and I I love knowing that I did because her films bring me so much joy. And if I could mm-hmm. get her, something of hers that was signed and is authentic, I'd sell my soul, basically. So that would be that <laughs> for that. I don't go into my sports nice. one. It's a much small. It's a much shorter story for sports. For sports, I guess at this point, especially since 2020, the disgusting year that we've had has happened. Something signed by Kobe. That's it. That's all I would want. Like a jersey or something. I can have it framed and be like, this is the closest I'll ever get. That's it. That's all I want. I love it. I love it. I, w- I would definitely go ahead with the that Kobe memorabilia. Any anything like anything he wore, anything he 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 had when like he was playing on his farewell tour. I'd, I'd 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 try to go all out. Jay, what about you, man? Do you want me to go first? You you got your holy grails for for non sports. I don't I don't know. The non sports one is actually the one I'm hung up on because mm. I, I think you know being a parent now for almost. 10 years my you know I, I i found some similarities to what dre was saying in terms of like there's just a certain mindset that i've been building which has been uh, different from dre but like similar in terms of like there, my mindset has been geared towards something for a while and i'm not saying there's a holy grail necessarily but there is it's it's this uh, frugal uh mind frame so like trying to think of something that's like outside of something that I could afford and, and, you know, outside the realm of possibility has been hard to grasp. Right. So I'm just right. going to go way out there and say that when I was a kid um, and I envisioned, okay, well, it, just as we all are when we're kids, we envision a time when we become something extraordinary. Right. And for me it was, okay, you know, I'll be the first Filipino basketball player in the NBA. Right. And, mm-hmm. The thought was that okay, well, if I'm going to be in the NBA, I'm obviously going to be able to afford a very, you know, incredible things. And so my thinking was that at some point in my future, I would own a Ferrari Testarossa. So nice. that's a good answer. I, that's a very <laughs> that's like it's a bad. very non-sportsy. I'm not, I'm not even a car guy, but like when I was like, I think it was like eight or nine. It was like that was yeah. it. That was my dream car. Like me and my brother would always go back and forth about how like. You know, his, for him it was it was a Lamborghini. For me, it was mm. a Ferrari, and I'd always just be like, "No, nah, man, it's so sleek, it's so nice." Maybe it's because I started watching Magnum PI. I don't know, but that oh, no. would be my. <laughs> Do you want the must be my? Uh... <laughs> yeah. A side note to this, and I don't know if this is necessarily a holy grail, uh, but this is probably a little bit more niche. But uh, and I may have even mentioned this on a previous pod. But when when I was envisioning what kind of dream car I would want, yes, the 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 expensive, non affordable, I could never get it would be the Ferrari Testarossa. But the one that I always felt like, okay, when I'm older and I can actually get my license, I always thought that I would get the um, like the '88 Ford Taurus. You know, like the the police car from RoboCop. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like interesting. I always thought like, okay, when I'm old enough to drive, that'll out. be my car. I don't care how old it is, that'll be it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'd consider that necessarily a holy grail. That's just more of a relic. But that's something to you. That's the holy grail to you. If you exactly, that, I think that one like, is a more suitable hard. answer for this. Is that maybe that's yeah. what it is, right? I like um, it, man. Yeah, and then yeah, for too. for sports, uh, I'm I'm probably gonna surprise you here and not go with something Chris Weber because the thing is, uh, with Chris Weber and with any like a lot of memoria, I'm not really huge on signatures. I don't know why. Uh, Wait, I, I have a couple. I'm sorry. I said timeout. It was a, a poorly timed yeah, joke. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, the signature thing is, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't like excite me as as let's say for example, if I can get a picture with the person or, sure, or something like or shake their hand or something to that effect, right? So, mm-hmm. I think there's just something more meaningful there for me. So, I it's actually nothing Chris Weber related, uh, and it's actually something that I tagged you both in very recently is. I would love to own my own NBA Jam arcade game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That is actually something that's quite affordable. If I think about, you know, it's actually being sold right now at the brick. But um, (laughs) it's mostly if Rena will allow you to play it in your base. That is absolutely 150% it. (laughs) Uh, I even told her uh, this morning, I'm like, hey, enter this contest and, uh, you know, and she's like, why would you do that? Where are we going to? I'm like, no, no, no. It's just, I didn't say I'm buying it. I didn't say I even won it. I'm just saying, if I win it, we better make room for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an awesome answer. At least it's Listen, I, palatable. I thought you were going to go something Seinfeld related with like uh, like a marble rye or something. Like the marble rye. <laughs> this is what I was stalling for, was was for the, the, the Seinfeldian answer. But, you know, that's... Uh, that, that's kind of what I had. There's chocolate and another vodka. <laughs> that's so <laughs> Anyways, before I go down this path too much, Jason, only only with a black and white cookie. Only with a black and white cookie, which gives you uh, stomach pains and makes you lose your um, your consecutive streak of not throwing up for so many years. But anyway, <laughs> <sighs> all right, Jason, what you got, man? What's your holy way, o- way over my head, man? Way over my. <laughs> Look to the cookie, anyways. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, the so right when I saw that episode, one I, I thought about you guys. I want to ask you that question. Second, I thought, what would be mine? And my holy grails for for that are, that are not sports related. I'll, I'll say the sports related one, but my holy grails would be. Um, I'm a I'm a huge I, like as much as you guys are huge Seinfeld fans. I'm a massive Simpsons fan. Mm-hmm. So I would I would love to have the some sort of original artwork or original sketch of Homer uh, signed by Matt Groening that that would be phenomenal. And uh, I would also uh, no matter how much it would be, I would I would die for a a worn originally worn um, vest from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, that's when he wrestled. I would want that. I would frame the hell out of that. Um, but I guess that would be kind of sports related. But my sports related slash Raptors related is I would love to see, and I've seen it before, and I it was like at a silent auction, I think. But I've seen it before where you could um, purchase a piece of the 95 uh, court. 
no, of the 95 really? Rockers court. Ooh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I saw that somewhere. And, and uh, you know, as much as, you know, we're, we're, we're all fans, I don't know if I would afford, could have afforded that, but I should have put something down. And no matter how much it is, I think that's one of the coolest things to ever own. Just a piece, the piece of memorabilia, the piece of that history on the 95 court, a court that even Michael Jordan played on. To have that uh, in your house, uh, framed somewhere, knowing the history of it, that uh, 20 years later uh, or 25 years later that they would be champions, I would love to have a piece of memorabilia of the Raptors. So that that those are my holy grails right there. That's that's those are actually really good. I like all of your picks uh, for the holy grails. I just have to say quickly, all I can think about this segment uh, between the mentioning of the word holy grail a thousand times and. Uh, the, the earlier discussion of people perhaps not going to Orlando. Um, have either of you oh, seen? Oh man, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> have either of you seen Monty Python's Holy Grail? Oh, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I think you're going to reference your your '80s list and that you've got Raiders of the Lost Ark on there. Oh uh, no! Oh uh, no! I'm going to save that for for the outro. No, no, no. Uh, so there's there's a oh, sorry. <laughs> Or where they're like uh, King Arthur and his knights are looking to go to a castle, like because they're trying to find the Holy Grail. And um, after like some cutaway scenes, uh, King Arthur says, "No, actually, we're not going to go there. It is a silly place." So that's all I can think of, like the Holy Grail discussion. And it's like, "No, actually, we're not going to go to Orlando. It is a silly place." So just merging, <laughs> just merging both together in um, completely unrelated fashion. So that that could be the type of the ep- the name of the episode, but then I think um Fournier is going to get offended, so let's not do that. Well, I mean, it's better than my thought of Holy Grail. I just thought of the Jay-Z album really, which was a terrible oh, album. Magna Carta Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Blueprint, Reasonable Doubt, like back in the day Jay-Z is one of the goats. Let's let's not kid ourselves. But yeah, when he, but he did the album retired and it came back you should not have come back no i know man when he came out with kingdom come man oh oh dear lord black album though was like the album to end on and he should have it was amazing yes agreed agreed (laughs) all right well before we go off into a crazy tangent um uh let us know what your holy grail is guys uh and girls Fans, if you guys are listening, let us know what your Holy Grail is. Whatever mem- memorabilia is, no matter if it's sports related or non-sports related, let us know. We want to we want to talk. Let's let's try to get some light into this conversation because we all know we're all on a little bit of an edge when it comes to the NBA season. And until it does come back and everything's fired and golden, let's have a little discussion. What's your Holy Grail? We will we'll love to talk about it. But before we do that, Dre. Where can I find you, my friend? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can find my film-related website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com. No caps, no spaces. Um, I guess as Jay was pointing out earlier, I am working on my 80s list. Um, yeah, uh, that is going to be due in early August at some point. So that's uh, coming right along. Also, I was a guest appearance on the Prefer Not to Say podcast over in Detroit with my buddies James nice. Bunn and Greg Tenbrink. We talked two hours about journal entrepreneurship and um, films, just why I got into movies, what my whole spiel is. And I plugged you guys because uh, you guys are awesome. So um, I also brought up Dwayne Casey. So yeah, you know I had to. So uh, you, can <laughs> find me, you can find me at Andreas Fabs. Um, Jay, where can we find you? 
uh yeah thanks for the for the for the plug and definitely check out uh, dre's amazing work on films fatale um for me you can find me on raptors hq uh find my work there and you can find me on twitter at rosalasaurus but really i'd like to take this opportunity to uh plug someone else in raptors twitter and that's samson folk um he put out a tweet a couple of days ago about wanting to offer up some money to help out uh, some some up and coming or emerging uh, podcasts so i just want to give him a shout because you know that's some great work there are a lot of people piggybacked on that and um, you know they were able to share some some funds there for people who are try- just trying to get their foot in the business so you know shouts to you samson uh, thanks for for doing what you do you've got a great podcast over there at uh, at raptors republic and um yeah that's that's it for me um jay over nice. to you and you can find uh, all of us on Twitter at That's A Rap Pod. You can find us on Instagram at That's A Rap Podcast. You can email us at That's A Rap Pod uh, gmo that, or That's A Rap Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find my work while you're listening to it right now. You can find my work here at That's A Rap Podcast. And you can also find my work at the Walder Sportscast with Chris Walder uh, over at on iTunes, I guess. <laughs> but until next time, everybody, That's A Rap. And just remember, maybe you... We're the best power forward that could have played with Paul George in the Pacers. We, <laughs> we will never find out. <laughs> <laughs>